Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze and scrutinize and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. I know you gave me the eyeballs because I threw another and in there. Yeah, it's just weird. I have to change it up a bit every now and then. To it's add those an extra subtle and? words that give it that emphasis like, oh my god, we're in for something really exciting here. To add an extra and? Groundbreaking by adding that and in there. Yeah. Really makes a difference in that. Oh, you can yeah. just feel the difference. Thanks for joining us for a minute. Did you even say who your name was or did we not do that? I did it. Oh. You just ignored me. I blocked it out. Yeah. (laughs) There's good reason to. Thanks for joining us for minute 44 of Dead Man's Chest. Or should I have said, thanks for joining us for minute 44 and of Dead Man's Chest. Just because I like to add the ands in there. Oh. I almost forgot. Of Cannibal Island. What? Of Cannibal Island. Of Cannibal Island. Minute 44 of Cannibal Island. Yeah, the movie Cannibal Island. That is true. And you'll be surprised when we actually do the breakdown of when we leave this island. I have a little stat action. We don't action. have anything to say? Oh, no. We have stuff to say. But I'll, I'll review the stats, some stats, basically. We can talk about some of that. Does Longport go away when we leave the island? No. Longport will always live in our hearts. Okay. I will probably shed a tear about the whole Longport <laughs> when we get there. It's all gone. It's like, oh. Not that I was a aficionado of Longport. But I will miss it. It's You don't miss it until it's gone. And then we will. But I almost forgot. Any Galaxy Quest fans out there? The great sci-fi film that shakes the fanboy and fangirl tree and rains down with all that tongue-in-cheek glory. I mean, who doesn't want to poke a little fun at 60s television sci-fi series? I'm looking at you, Star Trek. But it created generations of fans, conventions, movies, and hell. I'm going to say it. Probably led to this crazy idea of breaking a movie down minute by minute. The fandom. You know? Yes. It's all interlinked there. Is that what you call it? Fandom? Fandom? Uh, not. Not. What? Nothing. We'll leave it as fandom. Were you going to go like obsession? How dare you? <laughs> I don't know what you're... You just offended everybody out there in this audience. You better check yourself there, Lee. I didn't say it. You did. I just happened to be a guest, actually, is where I was going with this, on Galaxy Quest Minute. So thanks for horn swoggling that. You just ruined the whole Galaxy Quest thing. I forgot you even mentioned Galaxy Quest, actually. Are you even here? How much grog like have you had? It was like 10 minutes ago. 10 you minutes? It was just now. Galaxy Quest. Just now. Seriously, put the grog down and let's get the show rolling. Yeah, I happen to be a guest on Galaxy Quest Minute for episodes 52 and 53, and they're available this week. They're posted. Congratulations. They launched. So yeah, go ahead and check it out. Give a shout out out to them, you or know? if you don't want more Scott, you may want to skip those two episodes. Oh, really? Arr! What is feisty <laughs> hell is going on here? 
It's almost like angry grog you're drinking. You're bringing it down. It's hammer style. Thor style. You got that right. Thor. My nickname. No, mine. Your nickname is Thor. You're the mighty Thor. Yeah. The woman mighty Thor. Yeah. Jane Foster. Spoilers out there. Sorry about that if anybody's waiting to get into Good the, job. the comic book of the mighty Thor with the woman. I just gave it away. I, I do apologize for that. But it's been out for a while. I mean, at least a couple years. So if you're not on board then, yeah, dang it. I really did spoil that for people. They're like, oh, I was really going to go jump into this mighty Thor. Oh, my God. He just told us who it was. Look, now we're, we've gone from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Galaxy Quest Minute. I've been on it. 52 and 53 episodes. Check them out. So there you go. Anyways, then we go from comic book stuff. Yeah, it, what the hell is going on here? And you and the grog, with, that's normal, though. Everything else is not normal, but the grog with you is a staple. There's only one way to salvage this preamble. And that means get the hell out of the preamble. So, in the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow takes base jumping yo-yo to a whole new level and rounds out his adrenaline rush with a nap. <laughs> Must have been the tryptophan in the long port. Rigetti and Jack the monkey play I spy with my wooden eye. Pintel yanks on a rope. The motley crew go for a beach run. The Black Pearl gives us hope there's more to this movie than the island of Pelagosto. And Cotton's parrot gives us a lesson in survival over loyalty a pretty adept breakdown of the previous minute yeah. i thought sounds like there was more in that than there was in our actual minute breakdown <laughs> ain't that the truth <laughs> <laughs> i should just launch the 22nd podcast where i just break down i break down our breakdown it's like a it's like a deadpool <laughs> thing going on you're like breaking the fourth wall kind of thing you know where I'm breaking down our breakdown? Oh, man. Scott that... just watched Deadpool. Yeah, I did just watch Deadpool just again. Just watched it. I really like Deadpool, okay? <laughs> Minute 44 begins with Joshmi Gibbs finishing his line, half done. Pintel responds, we done it for you, knowing you'd be coming back for it. Gibbs, ignoring Pintel, continues to instruct the Motley crew, make ready for sale, boys. Will chimes in, what about Jack? I won't leave without him. A sound in the distance catches their attention as they see Jack rounding the corner on the beach. The minute ends with a tribe full of upset Pelagostas watching Jack climbing aboard the Black Pearl. Jack turns to the tribe. Alas, my children, this is the day you shall always remember as the day you almost... <laughs> Jack gets drowned out by a wave. That's like a dot, dot, dot without the dot, dot, dot. That it is. So you should be happy with that. It is. And you even laughed at just me telling it because you liked it. There you go. This minute might have one of the most iconic scenes in the entire franchise. Jack running on the beach being chased by the natives. The natives are restless, my friend. <laughs> well, that's an understatement, actually. What do you think? Is this the iconic image of the entire franchise, almost? If you ever were to go on the internet, because I know you don't, it's like a weird mystery for you. I'm on the internet all day. What are you talking then about? Then how are you even pausing? Are you trying to think of what is the most iconic scene for the yeah. movie? Okay. If that's the case, that's fine. For the whole franchise? For the whole franchise. No, I think it's Elizabeth and Jack on the beach. That's the most iconic? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what you're going with? Yeah. That's the image that most comes up for yeah. you? Yeah. Really? The one where they're on Rum Runner's Isle? Uh-huh. The bonfire? Yep. Is this some womanly romantic thing coming out? Because no, if that is, how dare you? That's not romantic at all. A fire on the beach, a bonfire, some yeah, rum. I mean, that sounds like your Saturday night, for God's sakes. It's Jack and Elizabeth. That's not romantic. Not really. 
Okay, the setting. I'm sorry. I forgot that you have to get so technical that the whole... <laughs> you can't take bits and pieces out of it. You see the whole. You can't ever just see part of it. But that's really... That's your... The most iconic scene, you think, from the entire franchise. Yeah. Really? That's crazy to me. I don't know. I'm going with this one. It just seems like this is the one that comes up most often. I mean, the first time we get a shot of this, I believe, was in the second trailer that was released for the movie. The official trailer. And it has a few clips that are interwoven in this, well, movie trailer, to say trailer 15 times. One of which was him running on the beach, which is what we see in this minute. In the final product, though, just after Will professed that he won't leave without Jack, he sees the oncoming cannibals and says, time to go. However, in the trailer, he says, never mind, let's go. Huh. So they did do some change yeah. up there. But I do have something to say on this change from the trailer. But actually, I almost can't let go that you find that the beach scene with Jack and Elizabeth is the most iconic one for you. Yeah. I'd almost venture to say that before that, if I were to have to like start to rank franchise iconic scenes for this... Damn it, I said franchise. How many times am I going to say the same word over and over again? It's like that Austin Powers thing. <laughs> Whatever it was. I can't remember the line now because I'm all flustered where he says this. Damn it. Okay, anyways. If I had to do that, I think the cannibal's up there, but maybe the next on my list is not Elizabeth and Jack by the fire, the roaring fire. It's the skeleton crew walking underwater. That was pretty iconic. Yeah. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Icon. It's like iconoclastic. And you, you, it's like pulling the weirdness out of there. Oh, I like the scene with Gibbs sleeping with the pigs. That's the most iconic that one's scene to me. pretty cool. Too, I know it. Look what the no. hell. That's not iconic, though. Come on. Okay. I don't know what your issue is with my. It's iconic... just weird that that was your your go to one. Why? I don't know why it is. I mean, that showed up a lot too because yeah. I think that there was probably some uh, there was some phrases and things that he uttered there that caused it to to become more meme like. But this one actually is in the meme territory, the beach chase. But as I was saying before. I obsessively had to go back and try and scold before Heather. Before I boggled your mind? Yeah, before you boggled my mind. Is I do have some thoughts on the trailer because the differences between the trailer when Will says, never mind, let's go. And then in the final film, it says time to go when he sees the natives. That's after he asks, like, hey, I'm not leaving without Jack. Yeah. Firstly, I did want to say that this scene is not only like we're getting into this internet meme, as I was just saying. But essentially, I mean, it's everywhere, though. Okay, I'm not going to let it go real quick. There's something about it that's more than tribal. Jack has these painted eyes on his face being chased Indiana Jones style. And I think the biggie for me is that... The Indiana Jones style? Well, okay, maybe that. But it... And this is setting aside all these tropes that we've talked about too. It does harken back to old classic Hollywood. Yeah, we get it. Angry Natives is just peddling in stereotypes. But I'm going to say it. It's just plain fun. When it happened in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when it happened in Dead Man's Chest... I don't actually believe natives are going to chase and eat me. Well, unless I hear drums and then I'm getting the hell out of there. Okay, no, well, probably not. Okay, I probably don't think they're going to eat me. Okay, let's just say that they won't eat me for our sake here. That I don't believe that. But they can see through your skin, which makes you even more tasty. Why are you, are you trying to give me a phobia? Jeez. Let's just say... Hollywood filmmaking, novelization of deepest, darkest Africa. It's not a myth we have to dispel anymore. Do we? I mean, do we really? This is tongue-in-cheek. Cannibal entertainment. That's the, such a thing. Cannibal <laughs> entertainment. Ah, the good old days of cannibal entertainment. 
It reminds me of those old Tarzan movies, though. Not the cannibal part. <laughs> That'd be weird. That I used to watch with my dad. You sit down <laughs> and go, hey, son, watch this. There's going to be some cannibal eating here. Uh, as a youngster, just really <laughs> was those formative years sitting down and watching cannibal movies with my dad. Daddy, why are they eating people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are the days. Hence, my fascination with long pork. It goes all the way back to my youth. It's like this. This movie is rated definitely not for children. Come here, son. Sit down and let's watch some cannibal Tarzan action. Ah, the memories. Daddy, do all people eat people? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know if I want to tackle that. Actually, now I'm a little worried of why they had that extra freezer. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Not that we should be making fun of cannibalism. It's nostalgia. Okay, not the cannibalism part. I'm talking the angry natives. We've gotten off on cannibals. We're talking angry natives. It doesn't have to be cannibals. I'm talking just the angry natives trope. Daddy, what do people taste like? Okay, that's enough out of you. And I heard it's like chicken or pork in this case. But anyways, it's getting back to those those days of watching all those kind of classic Hollywood movies. And at least that's for me. So I don't take it as any stereotypes to be broken or anything like that. I take it as pure fun. Because I really don't, seriously, don't think that... Natives are going to eat me when I'm wandering in a jungle. Unless I said, hear the drums. Plus, everyone in the audience was probably thinking while seeing the trailer, what in the hell happened that Jack is being chased by cannibals? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, when they saw that. Because you don't know, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was the big kind of point with that having that in the trailer. You're like, what is going on here? This is some crazy action here. But I think the big takeaway is the slight change in the dialogue, because this is where I was really going. Between the trailer and the final movie product. In the trailer, like I said, Will says, never mind, let's go, as opposed to time to go in the actual movie. And it needed to be changed, I think, from never mind. It can't have that and still retain the reason and the only reason why Will is on the island of Pelagosto. Searching for the compass to bring back to Beckett to save Elizabeth. End of story. If Will says never mind, he's basically saying, let's get out of here. Screw Jack, and that means essentially screw Elizabeth. And I'm not talking wedding night meaning of that word here. By having Will say time to go, it essentially makes it more about getting the Black Pearl ready to sail. So when Jack climbs aboard, they can get the hell out of there. Actually, I took it with his facial expression and everything. Like, he'll just come up with a different way. You think? To rescue Elizabeth. Yeah. But Will would never just abandon the compass. He needs it. Elizabeth needs it. He would just come up with another way to rescue Elizabeth. So you don't think that there's a difference between never mind, time to go, or... Or never mind, let's go versus time to go. You basically saw it as the same thing. With the facial expression, yeah. Eh, maybe. Maybe that's With the look on his face, the, the way he looked at Jack and then he looked to the boat and he's like, let's go. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I, it's possible. I think that that makes I figure sense. he just, he would just find another way. Well, the fact would be if Will is dead, then there's no way to save Elizabeth anyways. Right. So he has to save himself. It's like the airplane, you know, put your mask on yourself before you put the mask on other people. If you ever decide to put the mask on somebody else, that's a choice you have to make in that moment. So, yeah, I just figured that with the look on his face and saying time to go, time to go, that it was just um, I'll just figure out something else. Huh. Some other way to rescue Elizabeth. Well, there's got to be another I mean, way. Maybe I'm reading too much into that then, but I it. The never mind, let's go seems more harsh than time to go. Yeah. It's like, screw Jack. We're getting the hell out of here. 
Whereas Let's Go or Time, Time to Go is not maybe as harsh. It could be like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And Jack could kind of. With or without Jack. Possibly, yeah. The other one is Screw Jack. Okay, okay, maybe that's the the fine line. The trailer is Screw Jack. We're getting the hell out of here. Never mind. Never mind. Where I'm not leaving here without Jack. Yeah. Boom. They're out of here. Time I, to go is we're moving out. If Jack can catch up, yay. If not, I'm coming up with Plan B. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Solved. On a behind the scenes note, the long shots of Jack running on the beach, or say even running in the water to the pearl. That's his stunt double, Tony Angelotti, who mastered the Jack Sparrow walk and run, actually. Johnny Depp couldn't run in the sand? You could run in the sand. You saw him running in the sand. It's not like they superimposed Johnny's yeah, face over that. Why couldn't they just have Johnny run? Why'd they put a... Maybe he's doing other stuff. Maybe he's not even there at the time, the way they're yeah. filming the shots. He's on to other things. He also needs his beauty sleep. They're highfalutin stars. They don't do all those Yeah, but I don't understand why things. he couldn't just run. Well, he did run. I'm sorry that this is such a crook in your craw. Well, I mean, seriously. Some of the times it's the stunt guy when it's up close. Yeah, but I guess, okay. I guess I see a stunt guy as doing dangerous things. Stunt double. A stunt double doing dangerous things that other people, that the actors, you don't want the actors doing in case the actor gets hurt. He can't continue on in the movie. Okay, put it this way. Depending on what is the next scene that they have to shoot, they don't need... Johnny Depp all out of breath and tired from having to run across the beach 50 times. Okay. And then he has to run up and run across the entire beach so we get the long shot. And then they have to turn around and set it so he can do the close-up of the yelling and make sure he has all the facial expressions. Then he has to be the one to run in the water to the pearl. They don't want makeup. So it depends on how they're doing the scene. They don't need makeup all destroyed and all that, too, of him getting wet. And then they have to do close-ups and all that. There you go. That's my guess. Okay. No, I got it. Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott were talking about the Will Turner Nevermind line. Because after I made my notes and had these things, I actually heard them talking about that same thing. Okay. And they said it wasn't scripted, but was Orlando Bloom actually blowing the line and then he was like never mind let's go like let's go again so it wasn't even part of the line that he was saying the never mind yeah because he messed up the actual line time to go he said let's go basically yeah or whatever he messed up the line he's like never mind let's go and so that was him basically talking to the crew and everybody like let's roll it again yeah but they used that part for the trailer huh which i think it was his Like, I mean, okay, I'm glad it wasn't in the movie that way. Because like I said, I had some, I think it was more harsh. But I think it works this way for the trailer, having it using this blown line or when he's talking to the crew, never mind, let's go. Because I think it adds that humor to it for the trailer. But for the movie, I think it also still has that when he says time to go, it still shows pirate loyalty, that bit to the audience and what we expect. But the trailer... I think it has that more rough, really humorous, kind of funny line like, screw Jack, we're out of here. Yeah. Because you're not getting the full story anyways. But in the context of the actual full movie, I think it makes it more harsh when you find out that Will actually needs Jack. Yeah. And his compass to save Elizabeth. That's that's where I'm going with that. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I kind of jumbled through that. You, but, you did. How oh, damn. But that's where I was going. I think it works... For the trailer, it works really well. I think it was a wise choice, and I'm glad that they used that. 
because it does strike a chord with the audience. You're like, why in the hell are cannibals chasing Jack? Will's like, let's get the hell out of here. Screw Jack. We're gone. But in the movie, in the whole context there, maybe that was easier to say. Yes. There we go. Apparently, Jack may have had other scripted lines for this parting shot at the Pelagostos when he's leaving. He's climbing aboard the ship. Yeah. And I didn't actually see any of the lines for Jack in the final production draft. So they must have filled it in later, added something later then. But he opted to ad-lib his famous saying, this catchphrase. And it's like he always has trouble completing it now. So I like that they used it and then they went for this take. Because it's his catchphrase. It's like his callback. It's yeah. A, goes back to the Black Pearl. And I think he isn't able to get through that line anymore. He did it the very first time in Curse of the Black Pearl. He gets through the whole, this is the day you will always remember is the day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Something yeah. like that. But now it always gets interrupted somehow. And we don't need it to be finished anymore. We heard it once and it's like so catchy that we know what he's going to say. Right. And it gets caught in our mind. And every other time there's this mishap. It's like a running joke. And that's what I like about it now. It's become a catchphrase that's also attached to a running joke because he can never complete it now. He either falls off the Fort Charles cliff area there. Or now he gets splashed by a wave and then he kind of maybe mutters it later. Kind of. Because I don't want to spoil it. Right. Because it's really hard-hitting spoiler there. <laughs> People are like, I hope he's able to finish his phrase. Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory is going nuts because he's like, oh, does Jack freaking able to finish his catchphrase? Because <laughs> of his ODD. OCD. ODD. What is ODD? I have no clue. Odd. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think I just made something up. <laughs> it has th- such an opposite reaction to it, though. He usually says that while escaping, kind of making a fool out of the British or someone, too. Yeah. But then he's reminded, wait, don't push your luck. That's what makes it fun for me, too, because he can never complete it. So it's like karma gets back at him. It's like there's a a balance here, a yin and a yang. You get away, but there's going to be a little hitch to your giddy-up when you're getting away. Falling off the Fort Charles, like I said, or the wave or something like that. It's the, he's not fallible. But then he's ultimately imperfect. So it kind of goes both ways. Like I said, the yin and the yang. And speaking of that, Jack escapes the cannibals. Did he do this on his own or did he get help? The idea was that Jack always needs help to escape, right? Yeah. So think about it. So how far down does this notion go? What is like the trickle down on this? Jack was able to get out of the spit in the fire, maybe because Gibbs and company escaped the bone cage. Yeah. And then sending everyone to chase him, right? Yeah. But Jack gets out of the rope and gets to the beach himself. Yeah, but he got away. Yeah, he kind of, he's escaping. He, he got away. He, get, he escaped. But it's, it's different than a lot of the other help. It's more subtle this time. Right. And I guess the ship was all ready for him to go too, so I guess that was part but of it. But it's just like when he tells Will to help him initially, and Will ends up helping him. Helping mm. him yeah. You know? So maybe, I think that it still holds true then. Yeah. Okay. They helped him. He went, if they did not escape... Right? Then all those guys would have been then hanging around the fire. They would have, he would have been cooked for dinner. Well, as long as it still holds true, then I think we're good. But I think here's the bigger thing with this iconic oh, scene. Oh, no, a bigger thing? Okay, I'm just saying it's bigger because I was trying to have a transition and I had nothing. So if my <laughs> tank was empty, so I'm like, what the hell can I say to try and move this to more of the music of the beach escape scene? But the score really accentuates Jack getting away from the Pelagostos here. He's running for his life. And this whole music, actually, it's not really on the actual soundtrack, but it is found on the expanded musical score that's on the film. Or for the film, I should say. 
It's not like on the film. That'd be some weird thing. <laughs> Gibbs is like, what is this CD doing here? Because they didn't have MP3s and digital downloads at the time. They just had CDs. Wouldn't they have something like eight tracks or? No. Eight no, tracks. No, they on. would have. Uh... Really? The no? phonograph? Get out of here. How dare you? You better walk that back. They have anything? No, they didn't have anything. They had a piano. They had people, servants, play us music. Well, they're probably playing it on the Black Pearl. They had, uh, yeah, they had a whole little orchestra and. downstairs. Uh-huh. Downstairs? What is that? <laughs> downstairs. I think that's the appropriate word. Downstairs. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Anyways, man, this episode's going downhill. It's like a rocket ship going downhill. But anyways, the music that's underlying this whole beach chase scene, it's called Beach Chase, surprising. Wow. And slash, it's actually, okay, here's the term. It's Beach Chase slash Cannibals Chase Dog. And it runs one minute and 21 seconds approximately. Oh, okay. It actually, when he when he's running, you that's what you notice is the music. Exactly. It, it draws all your attention is that music in there. I agree. That's what I like about the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is that they take the incredible swashbuckler tune that was credited to Klaus Bedelt from the first film, Curse of the Black Pearl, in case you forgot. And they weave it into other pieces throughout the franchise. Because, I mean, it is theme song after all. Yeah. So it's no different here. The beach chase slash cannibals chase the dog has this, he's a pirate base, but with additional elements to it. It's fitting because it's Jack doing what he does best. Getting the hell out of crazy situations. And it's a really catchy tune that you can't help wanting to tap your foot to. Or maybe joining in some pirate mosh pit or something. I don't know. It really just catches you. Because nothing says awesome like a pirate mosh pit. But there are some differences. But instead of me trying to mesh like a bunch of words together trying to explain this. I'm going to play a snippet of the original He's a Pirate. And then I'm going to follow it up with the beach chase. Particularly the opening parts of it. Okay. So, he's a pirate, and then we're going to the other one. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay, now we're going to play Beach Chase slash Cannibals Chase the Dog. Here you go. Notice the difference with the opening? He's a pirate escalates, getting us ready for this over-the-top character to make an appearance. It's not a long ramp up, but it does ease us into like this brisker pace of the music. 
the recognizable piece that is used across the franchise in different tempos or as a base for other scores in the movies. And you'll notice that even in this particular piece in Dead Man's Chest when they use it, they'll slow it down a bit and they have it in there. So it's still recognizable, but it you know they change the beat and the, the tone of it depending on what they need it. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Because Beach Chase, though, hits us right away with this more ominous feel, a big opening compared to He's a Pirate. There's no need to ease us into anything at all. One of the notable differences beyond that is the focus on the drums, which I think fits very well, given the nature of the scene, the music accompanies. You know, cannibals chasing Jack Sparrow on a beach, tribes, drums, and angry natives? This is the trope I was just talking about. Exactly. It's very fitting. Hits at home with Jack. You know, it's not just this usual escape, but is escaping for his immediate life. This is not like a prison thing or you're going to have a rig trial but this is run or you're going to be roasted. Right. And that's what I think helps with the music there. It has many of the same elements, though. But in general, it's fun. Some of the comical nature that's in the music pops in for the scene. Like when he passes the dog and he says, good dog or something. Good, good doggy. doggy. Good doggy. So you'll see that the music kind of fits some of those elements the way that they have it timed. But it's also, I think, perfect for the scene, too. Because Will says he's not going to leave without Jack. There's no musical score at this point. None at all up to that point. Yeah. They hear Jack yell in the distance, but it's when the angry cannibal tribe makes an appearance. It's like they come bursting out of that jungle. Yeah. That's when we get the big start to the music. Right away, like, holy cannibal, we get out of there. We got to get out of there. Holy cannibal. (laughs) Maybe that's the name of the episode. Immediately, it gets our hearts racing. That's what I think is good. Yeah. That's what I like about that music. Because it's like, boom, we are just ready to go. There's no ramp up. But, you know, then we all know it's going to end up being well. I mean, it's happened every time he's a pirate music plays anyways. Yeah. So we know it's going to turn out. But I think that's what's great about it. But that's all I'm going to say about the music. You heard it for yourselves. And that's what I thought was pretty cool. I'm not so sure I want to discuss this now as we're kind of wrapping things up maybe a bit. But because it happens in this minute, we need to give it a mention at least. Okay. It's like I push the okay button. Okay. Good call. I don't sound like that for one thing. You do. I said it. No. I can't believe I'm arguing with myself here because really there is no Heather. It is me the whole time. We can discuss really this more in depth in the next minute. This is the point where Pentel and Rigetti seamlessly join the Black Pearl crew. The Motley crew. By default. There they are. Getting the ship ready. Gibbs doesn't bat an eye at it. Or see, it's like he doesn't see them, even after the Cursed Aztec gold incident. But it's for the audience as well. Everyone just meshes together and it's expected that they're going to become part of the crew. All Gibbs cares about at that moment is getting off that blasted island. That's true. That is something to think about. because He'll deal with the thieves in a little while. That's true. You have bigger things on your mind than wanting to deal with Pintel and Rigetti talking to you about stupid stuff. It's like, shut up. (laughs) Do you see the giant mob of angry cannibals coming after us? It's like, you have no idea. We were in a freaking bone cage. (laughs) Yeah, he could care less what Pintel has to say here. All he cares about is getting on that ship and getting off this damn island. I guess that's maybe why he's excited that somebody already started this process. Well, heck yeah. Wouldn't you be? It's like, you can forgive that they were trying to steal the ship and you don't really care at that point. You're just so happy that this thing is in the water, ready... About ready to go. Yeah. That you're going to get the hell out of there quicker than you thought. Because the last thing you want to do is have to be fighting natives crawling up the ship. <laughs> I love how Pintel tells him, 
We've done it for you. Yeah, you because he's trying to get recognition yeah. for that. But you know well, what? Well, no, I think he's trying to. I actually don't think he's trying to get recognition. I think he's actually trying to because they're trying to steal it. So he's trying to make it look like they're not trying to steal. Yes, I misspoke. That is exactly it. And I have something on that in the next minute because there's actually something that I bring in from the script that talks about that. But yeah, good call for correcting me on that. I needed it. Yeah, I did. Or did I? Stay tuned to the next minute and you'll find out why. But if Pentel and Rigetti really wanted a pat on the back or to make it look like they're helping, they should have had cannons loaded. They see that? Let's load up a cannon and fire a couple shots out that way. Let's do something. Let's not let the angry natives come up. Yeah. That's it. So I think, yeah, we'll tackle a lot of this in the next minute. We can talk about their seamless integration. Did you have anything you want to add? Or are you good until minute 45? I don't know. The The look that Gibbs gives Will when Will says, we have to wait for Jack. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you, boy. We got to go. Well, that gets back to what happened in the bone cage. It's almost every man for himself here. And yeah. they're not going to wait to see if Jack's okay. Who wants to go back into that village and see if Jack's okay? Oh, nobody. It's not like they have a bunch of guns or anything. No. They're going to go in there waving some palm fronds? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Also, the little boy. You know, remember the little boy uh, with the, the knife and the fork? Boy. Yeah. He's like, looks really sad that the Jack is leaving. Yeah, there's, yeah, I'll just say yeah. You got more in the next Yeah, minute. I do. Okay, I'm done. I do have more on that. I have a lot more, actually. Why are you trying to hornswoggle minute 45 from me? Because he's in this minute looking sad. Look at all this great content I bring, and then it's like I have to parse it out. Otherwise, there'd be one giant, it'd be like we have a hell of a long review, so I have to parse it out. That way we have stuff to talk about. Okay. But yeah. You're on to some good stuff here. You, you just, just have to jump into the future. Back, Go back to the future. Back, back to, to the future, future minute. Scott Corelli and team. Guess what, though? What? Just one more freaking Pelagosto minute. Now, how does that sound? We're actually getting back to some good old-fashioned Black Pearl sailing the Caribbean action amongst other stuff. I can't wait. How do you know there's only one more? I had to look ahead because I almost went insane. I'm not sure if it was insane from being on this island or having to talk about long pork. You know, there's that whole thing. You can't eat a lot of long pork because it could mess with your mind. But just even Make being around long pork this long can mess with your mind. You know, you've been sneaking it. God. God. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Plus, I mean, we can bring our official Pelagosto tally to the show and think back to all those good times and euphemisms we dropped, you know, about long pork. <laughs> Brings a tear to my eye, actually. So yes, one more freaking minute, and then it's a uh, plot. Full ahead. We'll be able to engage the plot. Make it so, number one. The Star Trek reference. Well, I know, but I'm not sure. Because we talked Galaxy Quest. This is how I break everything I'm not sure together. I'm number one, though. I think I'm captain. <laughs> you wish you were a captain. Oh, my God. If there was ever a time of delusion, you're wallowing in it right now. Really? Yeah. So that's all I got today. I guess you'll be sleeping in the basement tonight. <laughs> Walk the plank. All I'm going to be doing is... dungeon. We have a dungeon. Dungeon. Yes. I'm going to be thinking back to those days when I was four years old, five years old, and my dad going, yelling to my mom, hey, bring Scott down. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is starting up. And we'd sit there and we'd laugh through it. 
Ah, those are the days. Those are the memories. Maybe that's uh, some of the reasons. That's what's wrong with you? Wrong with me today, yeah. yeah. So thanks, Dad, for all those great cannibal adventures. We'll be back on Monday with Minute 45 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling and the delusion wallowing to a minimum. That one was for you. Really? Yeah, I think she's captain of this ship. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. Yo ho ho and a bottle of a rum. Yo! This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.